Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. Do you have a plan? I mean, one that will get you from where you are to where you want to be financially post-coronavirus and quarantine life. Okay, don't panic if you're shaking your head no. (laughs) This episode will soothe your soul. Andy Frazier, CFP, author of Financially Free and CEO of My Worth, is sharing the secrets you need to know to put together your post-coronavirus financial plan. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Compton-Game, where we flip the script on the old-school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna. Shauna. 
money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. As Andy says, you can't change what you don't acknowledge. When I heard that in the interview, I was like, yes, 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 that is so true and what I'm always trying to share with you. The first step to a post-coronavirus financial plan, or really, honestly, any financial plan, is to look past your fear. That really is like the first starting place, but then you have to acknowledge where you're at financially. You have to focus on what's going in and what's going out and tackle life in a three-step process. What now? What next? And what should you wait on? Andy is a big advocate for inspiring women to take control of their spending by breaking down the emotional, behavioral, and societal barriers that really prevent them from building this strong financial foundation. And that is infused in everything that she shares. Those same barriers are some of the reasons why Andy says that women are even at greater risk of being impacted financially during this time than men are. But there's hope. All right, so grab a piece of paper or open the notes on your phone and get ready for some life-changing money advice. It's no doubt, of course, that we are in a strange time in the world. And I I think it's always interesting to pause for a minute. I, I find this fun. I'm kind of one of those strange people that likes to like peep in people's houses when I walk by. So I thought it would be be fun to just start out with talking a little bit about like how has your world changed during the quarantine? Are are things different there? Are you uh, adjusting to working at home? What's what's life like for you right now? Well, you know, if I wasn't traveling, I was typically already working from home. So I have a pretty nice setup here in my home. I have my own private office and am used to working from home and have a routine. So that didn't really change for me much, um, except that I'm spending more time doing it. Um, my kids are home. That's probably the the biggest change. But I have older children. My son's in high school, and his high school has been very um, diligent about how they're doing their online coursework. So they're they're zooming in every day and holding classes as if they were holding them in person. Wow. It's um it's really not changed all that much, except for he doesn't have to commute into Manhattan every day. My daughter's home from college, so she's got her own kind of, some of the teachers are doing Zoom meetings and others are just sending out assignments, but um, I love having her home a little early, even though she was not too happy about having to cut her freshman year of college short, but she's (laughs) hanging in there. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think about all those people in their freshman year, or maybe this is the year they're graduating from high school, and what a way to do it, to just Uh have everything upside down, and even following some of those stories that a lot of the juniors now won't have to take SATs to get into certain schools. I mean, who would have ever thought this would be the reality? I know. It's crazy. I mean, she's definitely um, sad about coming home early, but I I just feel so sorry for all the seniors out there that are not going to get to do their prom or senior trip or even even graduations, I think, are being postponed. But there's so many other things leading up to the end of the year, your senior year, that I just uh, feel um, really empathetic for all the seniors out there for sure. Yes, hopefully they get a little bit of a little bit of a redo or or are able to turn this into a time. I mean, that's what I think about for any of us really. Like how can we turn this into a time that is embracing what's going on rather than maybe focusing on all of the things that we don't have or all of the things we can't do. 
For sure. For sure. You know, one of the things that I thought was really great that my daughter did is when she first got home in March, she was, she's an extrovert. So this is very hard for her. And so she kind of spent a few weeks feeling sorry for herself, but then she made a decision that in April she was going to make this be a positive experience. And so she started to kind of get a routine and a schedule for her day. And she's been doing some projects and vlogging her experience. And so I'm really proud of her for taking this opportunity to do something really positive. And I think that's what we can all look at this and and decide is we can either choose to have this be a really negative experience, or we can choose to make the best of it and settle in and figure out what we can do to make it um, something that we look back on and either have some personal growth or um, handle some things we had on our to-do list that we never seem to have time for, or even spending more time with, you know, different family. We do a weekly zoom meeting with my husband's family. We've been playing games and I have to tell you, it's the best part of the week. So it's great new things to add into our schedule. I love that you bring that up too, because I've been thinking a lot about this, this idea of silver linings. Like what are those silver linings that you can take out from this time? Because of course, we're not just going to snap back into the way life was before. And I think it's probably best that we don't snap back in. And a lot of people would like to do that. And of course, financially, a lot of people are really struggling in that idea of, I'd really like my paycheck back or my job back or whatever that might be. But I think really thinking about those silver linings and it really got me thinking about this idea of the post-corona financial plan. So the idea of like what you can do right now and even, you know, as we're as we're making our way back into society to really take advantage of this time. And uh, I'd love to just spend some time really talking about that because I know you're a CFP as well. And I, I know that people have a lot of different ideas. But one thing you say to really focus on is putting away money that you're saving by not going out. So tell me a little bit about this because I know for some people – saying that makes them panic a little bit. Like, I don't even have money to put away. But talk me through a little bit, like how we could actually really maximize this time by putting away that money. Well, you know, even for my own personal finances, I was kidding with my husband. I was like, we're spending a lot less money. Are we really saving this much money from not being out and about? But, you know, when you think about just transportation costs alone, I haven't filled up my car with gas in a month, (laughs) literally. And of course, um, so, now gas is at the lowest price. So, I mean, the <laughs> irony is, is you know, ridiculous. <laughs> totally. I was thinking about going and filling up just so that I, I can capture on these <laughs> lower prices. But, you know, that was averaging me, you know, 40 to 50 bucks every 10 days or so to at least fill up my car. So right there, I'm capturing back um, money. Now, is it a lot of money? Well, maybe not, but it's it, when you add it up, it can be a significant amount of money. So when you look at transportation that you're saving, I think eating out certainly is more expensive than maybe buying groceries. So we're not eating out as much. We've been saving money that way. I've noticed a little bit of a, a shift in our utility bill, but not terrible. So we are spending a little bit more in utilities, but it's not crazy. So, you know, there may be some adjustments there you might want to look at. If you're saving money in transportation, you might be also seeing that your like utilities may be going up, for example. But um, just little things like that, that we're noticing that we can save on. Um, Even buying clothes right now, like, you know, why I'm like, why buy things? I don't (laughs) know how long we're going to be in the house, you know? So it's interesting to see all the little ways that we've been able to just save by virtue of being at home. And what about 
opportunities, like finding opportunities in your current level of spending? Are there certain things that maybe you can look for and say, oh, wow, we don't need to spend here or we could reroute that savings? Like, are there any common areas that maybe people overlook? Yeah, I think this is a really great time to go through and look at what you're spending, you know, month to month. If you haven't been doing kind of a cash flow um, analysis, if you will, of what's coming in and what's going out, now's a really good time to do that. And I actually, I think I heard Mel Robbins say this, which I thought was really brilliant, that when you're looking at the cash flow going out and you're evaluating all the things you're spending money on, pretend as if you were looking at your best friend or your brother or sister's you know, budget? And and would you give the same recommendations to them that you might give for yourself? Try to be more objective with what you're looking at. So are there subscriptions that maybe you can get rid of? Are there, you know, making sure you're just cleaning up charges on your credit card? Are there any unnecessary charges or pausing memberships on like a gym membership, for example? I'm looking for different things like that, that you can do. I think this is a great time to just go through that line by line and ask yourself, do I really use this? Do I really need it? You know, how important is this for me to continue? And either if it's yes, it's important, then keep it. If it's not, then get rid of it. Or is there something you can do maybe to pause it temporarily until things start to adjust? That's a that's a great suggestion. I know for us, we belong to a yoga place and they allowed us to pause membership for three months because obviously we're not going to yoga And that was $150. And then there were a couple other things. And by the time we had added it up, the things that we were able to pause, it was three, $400 or so. I mean, it was a a decent amount of money. But I think that you bring up a good point also about being like proactive right now, because there are a lot of opportunities to pause things, but you actually have to take the action to, to do that. Absolutely. I, you know, one of the things about silver linings, I think, is that when we're in crisis, we start to become very aware of all the things that we should have or could have done to be better prepared. And so as we move forward, I think that we would be really remiss if we didn't take this opportunity to say, what lessons did we learn here? And what can we do going forward? So that if another crisis, maybe it's not a global pandemic, but even a personal crisis, that might occur. Are we better? Can we be better prepared for that? So looking back and thinking about what lessons are learned here and what we can do to implement them going forward, I think is a really great strategy. And what about if I'm listening and maybe I'm stuck in a place of of fear? I'm just, I panicked. I've lost my job. Maybe my unemployment, the stimulus hasn't come in yet. And the idea of actually going into my money just scares me to death. Are there any ways to push through that right now and maybe get yourself to a place where you can at least have some sort of ease around this process? Oh, and you know, it's so funny. I was watching the movie um, Like a Boss this weekend with Salma <laughs> Hayek and Tiffany Haddish. And one of the things that I thought was interesting is the dynamic between two of the characters when it came up to money. There was one character that really didn't um, want to talk about money and the other one was trying to find a way to bring it up. And I think that first acknowledging where you are right now. What are you thinking? What are you feeling? What are you doing? And who are you being around the conversation about money right at this moment? And not putting it off to the side and pretending like it's not there, but really absorbing the feelings that you have right now and kind of work going through them. I think that's the first way to really start to get in tune with um, how do you get into action is just saying, yeah, it's really not a great time. Here's where I am. 
because prolonging that discussion with yourself is not going to change it. It's just going to keep you from taking action, right? Right, right, yes. And also I think giving yourself some level of of grace if you wake up one day and the maybe anxiety is through the roof and the idea of, of being in your money is just too much for you to handle, maybe you do just a small money task and then maybe tomorrow's the day. You know, you can't push off every day but also giving yourself some permission to, like you say, feel the feelings and move through those those emotions and, and journal them. I think is a you know a video blog, you know diary kind of for yourself is a really good way to kind of get in touch and verbalize what you know write it down or verbalize what it is that you're feeling about this. But you said something I think is really important is kind of give yourself time. So say okay today I'm going to feel sorry for myself and tomorrow I'm going to take this action so that you kind of put an end timing on how long you're going to, you know, kind of be absorbed in the feelings of what it is that's going on. Yes, I think that's good advice, no matter what time we're in. (laughs) Um, (laughs) For sure, for sure. And so obviously, we can check in on our spending. But also another area, maybe there's opportunity to increase our income. Side hustles are, are still there. I mean, it may be a few different ones have emerged during this time, but I'd, I'd love your input on, is this still a good time for side hustles or is there a way to, to start a side hustle now that might be able to thrive post-coronavirus? In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnin in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over 3.5 million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talking money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. 
I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to joindeleteme.com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. Whatever you're saving up for, 
a CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 4.5% APY on an 8-month CD special or 4.25% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash CD specials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC. It's Tuesday and we've got an Ask Shauna and this one comes from Darren. Darren says, hey, Shauna, thanks for spending time with me over the last few weeks. Okay, so you didn't know, but you've helped my wife and I look at money differently over the last year and particularly these last few weeks. We've gone back and listened to older episodes to remember tips you've given and I can't thank you enough. We have some credit card debt, to be honest. It's not something I'm proud of, but it's where we're at. We've been trying to figure out how to pay it off ASAP and haven't done a great job, but this pandemic has helped us commit to paying it off fast. Can you give me some of your amazing tips that we can use or think about right now? Thank you again and keep the episodes coming. Darren, yes, my friend. I loved hanging out with you and your wife through the episodes. I love that I can be a friend during this time and that you're also a friend to me because sometimes podcasting is really lonely. (laughs) I podcast in a room and an enclosed space and I'm just really staring at a computer. So it's nice to know there's somebody out there. I feel you with their credit card debt and I've had a few people reach out with questions like yours. So hopefully this question can help a lot of people. So here are some tips that I've got. All right. The first one is everyone spends time focusing on how much money you can save, but I really think you need to focus on where you're spending your money. So what I mean by that is creating a system where you are tracking your money outflows. You're categorizing those outflows and then you're looking at them. You're really looking at where your money's going and you're able to then decide, okay, maybe we don't want to spend this much here. Maybe we don't want to spend that much there. There are creative ways then that you start finding. It's like putting a puzzle together where then you can direct money that you were otherwise spending somewhere else towards that credit card debt payoff. So it sounds so simple and it actually is so very simple. And yet most people completely overlook the step. And yet this is like the pot of gold. This is where the magic lies. If you're really consistently looking at your outflows and you're making these educated uh, assumptions, I guess just to say at the end of the month, like, okay, maybe I could be better here or better here, or maybe I could reroute some of this money, or maybe I don't need that subscription right now. It's not just in stopping those expenses, but the power is then shifting that money towards your credit card payoff. You see what I'm saying? Okay, number two, you need a system. You have to have a system. And there are two ways to pay off credit card debt. And I've talked about these a lot, but let's just do a little refresher. The first is the lowest balance method, and the second is the highest interest rate. You may have heard of those of Snowball, Avalanche, but let's just call them what they are for simplicity's sake. So I want you to pick one and stick with one. So lowest balance, it's pretty simple. You look at all of your different debts and you're looking for the one with the lowest balance. You're going to pay the minimum payment on all your other credit cards or loans, whatever that may be, and you're going to direct any of this extra cash that you found towards that one card with the lowest balance until it's paid off. 
When it's paid off, you're going to take that chunk of cash and roll it to the next lowest, right? So you're going to create this system where money is stacking upon money to rapidly pay off your debt. The other way, the highest interest rate, same exact philosophy, but instead you're looking for the card with the highest interest rate. Now, if you're a math person, obviously highest interest rate is going to win. It's going to save you a little bit more money. But if you're a mindset person, I like lowest balance a lot because you can see progress. You can see things happening. And when I see a debt getting paid off, I'm more motivated to stay with the strategy. So it's up for you to decide which works best for you. But first, you must know your interest rates, how much the minimum payments are on your debts, and how much extra cash you have each month to drive towards the strategy. That is super key. And number three, just be really creative about ways to earn extra cash. There are still a lot of ways to do this now. Even if you live in a state like I do that is virtually shut down, what can you do online? There are, there's all types of ways that you can earn extra money that you can put into this credit card debt payoff strategy. Thinking about bonuses at work or salary increases, don't spend that money. Instead, put it towards this debt payoff. And number four, depending on how much you have, It can take a while to pay off credit card debt. You are running a marathon, not a sprint, and it really takes this daily mindset to stay focused. There unfortunately aren't too many shortcuts here, except of course, if you win the lottery, you're coming to a big sum of money, but you can't bet on either of those. So slow and steady really wins the race and just day in, day out, say, what can I do today that will make a difference with my credit card debt? Is it that I can make a better choice with one of my outflows? Is it that I need to change my mindset? Is it that I just need to look at my uh, expenses and I need to see, okay, where can I maybe make little adjustments? Is it that I need to put my strategy in place, right? Every day, just do a little something. So I know this time that we're in right now can be really confusing, but if you have an Ask Shauna or a success story, I really, really want to hear from you. So you can head over to mmoneypodcast.com. Right on the homepage, there's an Ask Shauna section, or I'll have a link in the show notes. Super easy. Just click the link. And another thing, you also can always go to the show notes. They're filled with all sorts of things, links, more information about the episode, but I definitely want to answer your question. Absolutely. I think that what I'm seeing, there's a lot of places that um, I've been seeing online that are offering opportunities for people who want to do virtual work. So maybe you are a great writer and maybe copywriting is something that you feel like you could do. You, there's a lot of sites that will ask for people to kind of bid on jobs, for example. So you might try out one of those sites and just see what jobs are available. And then maybe just one-off jobs that pay you know, per project or per hour. Um, But if you're thinking about launching your own business, think about the skills that you already have. And is there a way that you might be able to leverage that differently? If you are a good teacher, maybe you do an online course and you start to create a video um, course for yourself that you can market and sell to people who might, you know, pay for the skills that you have to offer or writing blogs for blog sites where they need content? Or is it that you can do some tutoring of a young student that might be struggling? I'm even seeing you know, personal trainers who aren't able to do their training in the gym are now offering online and Skype personal training sessions. And they may price them differently, but that's still a way to keep them engaged. I saw something on this weekend about 
dance teachers doing that as well. So thinking about how can you transfer the skills that you have into something that can work in a virtual environment can be a great way to kind of begin thinking about a, a side hustle or a way to launch a new business for yourself. And there's this myth that I see floating around out there that I think is keeping a lot of people stuck from developing some of those ideas that people aren't spending money right now. And and that's not true. I mean, people might be spending less money and you might have to price some things differently, but people are still spending money, right? Yeah, I think there are still people who are employed and who are working from home and who are able to want and, and want to continue doing some of those things. Like I subscribe to an online streaming service for my workouts. I did that before this happened, but thank goodness that I, I've been doing it. So I've been continuing to do that. So if you were spending money on a gym membership, you might say, I'm willing to spend, you know, some money on a virtual training program or online service. It, the pricing might be different, but there's still people who are looking for alternatives to get them what they need with also, um, and have the resources to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. The, the virtual working out thing is just, it's blowing my mind a bit. I mean, we've been doing it and I, I'm sort of curious, what do you think is going to happen post coronavirus? Do you think that a lot of these things that now have shifted online will stay there? Or do you think that they'll, they'll move back to, to the way they were before? I'm hoping that we'll see it swing kind of to a middle point where we are leveraging the opportunity to do some things virtually. You know, the time that we spend commuting and kind of out and about, I think we can reduce some of that, but we can also go out. I think we're all going to be wanting that sense of community and wanting to be connected again, person, you know, face to face, (laughs) belly to belly. So I think that it'd be nice to see a nice blend. One of the most encouraging things though that I'm hearing from other business leaders is that they've said to me, you know, I never thought this whole remote virtual work thing would would really fly. And my millennials have been pushing me to do this and I've been reluctant to do it. But now that we're forced to do it, they're starting to see that people can be just as productive, that, you know, it's saving time and money and the quality of life is better. And so I'm hoping that these business leaders will start to think about how can they incorporate that back into a combination workflow where there are some days to work at home and you can um, have also in-person meetings and kind of have a nice balance of the two. Yes, because we don't do life balance very well here. <laughs> but Absolutely. yes, I, I think that that is, that is definitely one of the best silver linings is that we're seeing that it is possible, even though we can't go out to restaurants and sporting events and things like that. But having some time where we could do something e- indoors or in our own yard that we like to do after work. And I, I people are feeling this sense of like release almost that they haven't felt in a long time because they weren't able to have that that balance piece. And, and it gives people an opportunity, you know, now that we're forced to having to try do new things, now that we're trying them, we're finding that we're liking them. So whereas before he might have <laughs> said, I'm not even going to bother trying to work out virtually because I've, I'm going to go to my gym. But now that we're forced to doing that, we see there's some benefits. And so maybe it's about mixing it up and giving us a little bit more flexibility with how we do the things that we've been doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. Another thing that you talk about is using this time to check off all of those boring, tedious financial to-dos on your list. So walk me through a little bit. Like, What are the, some of the, those boring to-dos that always get pushed to the bottom of the list? What are some of those things that we should do or, or even think about doing right now? 
Well, besides taking a look at kind of your cash coming in and cash going out, I think this is a really good opportunity to go through and look at some of the other things that we have going on financially. For example, in the um, area of protection, you know, have you looked at your car insurance lately? Have you looked to see, you know, are your deductibles at the right level? Are your liability limits at the most appropriate level? What do these policies even mean? Maybe you just pick off a tiny task to do each and every day where you're diving into some of these things to get a better understanding of all the different benefits that you have and whether or not there's an opportunity to make some adjustments. I kind of equate it towards cleaning out your closet. You can kind of do this with your finances. You can make a list and say, okay, what are the things that are working well for me that I want to keep? What are the things that I need to eliminate or get rid of because they're not serving me in any way? Or is there an opportunity for me to modify some of the things that I have so that they are you know, giving me more of what I need? And so I I love starting with protection because it's often an area that most people don't want to look at. So looking at, you know, what are your benefits through work? Do you have disability benefits through work? If so, what does it really mean? And how does it, how does that work? And what qualifies me to even collect on those? And just starting to go through and read on some of these areas around your, are your wills updated? Do you have your advanced directives? Do you have a living will that's been documented? Have you even updated some of these things in the last few years? So this gives us a great chance to go back and look through all of these different areas. And starting with protection, since that's the one most people don't look at all that often, is a really good one to start with. Yeah. And I find, I mean, I, as CFP, know this myself, but I even struggle to do this from time to time. So I'm in the same boat, but we don't, look at things when we get, let's say, car insurance, or maybe we set up our will, or even we designated beneficiaries for life insurance or retirement. We don't tend to go back and look at these things. And a lot of times, either you can find opportunities for savings, or you can find an error that you need to correct. So I think that's just such a great idea to just take a list and just day by day, take one little thing. Maybe you learn something, or maybe you find an opportunity there that that you didn't see before or you never even looked for before. Absolutely. You know, it was interesting. I was having a conversation with somebody last week. We were talking about homeowners insurance. And um, I said, when was the last time you videoed the contents of your home? (laughs) Never. (laughs) And, and, And I said, but that's how you prove kind of what you have, unless you have receipts you know, that you've kept for every little thing, but just going through your house and videotaping everything that's in your home, especially those more expensive items that you would definitely want to have replaced. And, you know, doing that once a year is something I think that you and I probably would normally recommend, but you know, this is a great opportunity. We're at home anyway, just whip out our phones and, and take a video. And it's little things like that that can make a really big difference for us later on, potentially. Gosh, that's such good advice. I mean, we're in our homes. We might as well do all of those things that we need to do in our homes. I- I'm curious to ask you this. You're, you're CEO of MyWorth, which is an online financial compu- community for, for women to help them really take control of their money. And I started to think the other day because the statistics about women that we earn less, we take more breaks in our career, plus we live longer, so we need more money. And I started to think about the financial impact of the coronavirus shutdown, what we're going through right now, and how it impacts women. And I'm I just curious from, from the work you do, are you seeing uh, any ways or any trends that this may impact women in different ways than it would men? 
Well, certainly, because we um, often find that women are in different service um, areas of employment. So a lot of women are you know, finding that their hours are cut if they're working in hospitality, as an example, or if they're real estate agents, they're not able to show homes, or if they're, you know, salon services, spa services, or hair services, those things are really being right. eliminated right now. And we find more women are typically in some of those service-oriented activities. So when you look at that, we certainly are seeing an impact. And typically, women are also the caregivers. And so this has been something that's been interesting because we already knew that women were not only taking care of young children, but they also might be caring for elderly family members. And now there's additional stress because so much of that is disrupted because we're not able to physically go and see some of those elderly um, loved ones. And so figuring out ways to be able to manage that and making sure they're okay while also taking care of ourselves and our kids are home. And it's putting a lot of stress on women, I think a little bit more disproportionately than men. Mm, yeah, that's, I, I didn't think about the caregiver piece, but you're absolutely right in, in that regard. Uh, so I'm curious, what inspired you to create uh, My Worth Focused on Women? Is that is that a big passion of yours to be a to be an inspiration to really help women take charge of their finances? Absolutely. It, it certainly is an inspiration and a passion of mine. And one of the things that I noticed, I've been in the financial industry for over 25 years. And what I've noticed through the years is that a lot of the education, a lot of the knowledge that was out there really wasn't in an understandable format. They're, they weren't taking into account the jargon that was being used. And it's really hard when you're in the industry to recognize that there's so much jargon. But when you try to <laughs> make it simple for people, it really, there is a lot of jargon there. Even I have to kind of remind myself to, to take it down into something that anybody can understand. And also to make sure that we're focusing on the fact that money's not math. Yes. That money is a part of our lives. There's a lot of feelings right now about money. We, you know, you talked about it earlier. If you've lost your job, it's not just about the financial loss, but there's a loss or a sense of purpose, of belonging, of contributing to something greater than ourselves. That's also a loss that we have to take into account. And we can't just pretend it's all about the money. There's still you know, other types of losses that we're trying to deal with in combination with the finances, which can make it even more difficult for sometimes us to take action around the money portion. Gosh, I love that you said that because it's such an important message for people to hear. A lot of times when I, I mention that I'm a CFP, people say, oh, you must be great at math. I'm like, no, I'm not great at math. <laughs> Um, and then you explain that it's, it's much more than, than math. I mean, the math part, we can use an Excel document or a calculator to easily figure out the math part, but there's, there's so much involved. And I say that money touches every aspect of our lives. So we need to think about it in that holistic way. So I'm so glad that you brought that up. Yeah, it was something that I felt like that women would definitely resonate with. Not that men can't also benefit from understanding all of the emotional aspects that money brings about, but but I think women are naturally, you know, get it really quickly. And so part of our goal with our content at My Worth is to make sure that we're touching on not just the financial you know, math part of it to, to your point, but also the emotions, the, um, is there financial shame? You know, what, how, what's our self-worth and how is that tied to money and making sure we talk about that frequently so that we can bring it about in conversation, because until it's 
something we're all aware of and we start to really address, then we can't start to really figure out what we need to do to move past it. Mm, yes, absolutely. You're speaking my language. <laughs> well, I so many of us here in the States are getting ready, hopefully, to to get the stimulus checks. If you run a small business or you're a freelancer, maybe you have applied for some of the funds available for small businesses. Should there be a certain action plan as to how best to spend these funds when we when we eventually get them? Well, I think first and foremost, if you need any of the money to, you know, pay for those basic necessities, your food, your shelter, your utilities, you know, that would be an obvious place to spend the money on. But if you're okay right now with that, then this might be a good opportunity for you to think about just setting that money aside. If you don't need it immediately to handle your day-to-day life, setting that money aside and fortifying your Liberty Fund, which is the fund that I talk about having where you have six months worth of living expenses saved so that you can handle a crisis like this, or, you know, maybe you take advantage of an opportunity, you know, you just having that money gives you so much more freedom to feel like you can make good choices in the moment. And so if you don't need that money already, instead of looking for some way you can spend it, you might just look at saving that in your Liberty Fund. And then after this crisis is over, if you've got beyond the six months, maybe you take a portion and you pay off debt, or maybe you put it towards your business if you need to. I think a lot of small business loans are really designed to just help them stay afloat until they can reopen. But um, beyond that, you know, is there something that you want to invest in? But fortifying that Liberty Fund is so important, whether you're a, a per, you know, an individual or a business owner. I think if businesses operated like an individual and had six months worth of cash yes. flow, they might have been in a better position to weather the current storm that we're in. And there's no better example of why we need a Liberty Fund than what we're experiencing right now. I mean, this is the very practical application of why something like this is handy because we don't know what could happen. It could be this, it could be a natural disaster. I mean, who knows? There are a million different things, but but we're living it right now. Yeah. And, you know, I, I talk to so many people that are like, you know, I, I love the idea, but I'm living paycheck to paycheck. But I think it's looking for opportunities where you pay yourself first, where you set aside money for your Liberty Fund and then ongoing future financial goals, paying yourself that first and learning to live on what's left rather than the other way around would be a really good first step. And a lot of people will pay all their bills. And if they have anything left over, they might throw it in their savings account. I think we have to reverse that trend and start to pay ourselves first and then learn and adjust our lives to live on what's left so that more people have access to money for six months if they need it for an opportunity or a crisis. It's amazing to me how many people um, are kind of living on the edge. It's, it's, it's unfortunate. And it's something that gives us a great opportunity to communicate this message. Gosh, such great advice. Well, I want to just sum it up a little bit. So post coronavirus, we're, we're through this time period, or we're, let's say we're getting close to the end of it. What are maybe one or two things that you think we should tackle right now to get ourselves set up for success? Um, Well, I think the first thing is just to be very clear about where you are right now, getting really accurate 
about what's going on. What are you thinking, feeling, doing, and who are you being right now? And when I mean getting accurate, I think journaling it or, you know, really getting present to this is my current situation because you can't change a problem that you don't acknowledge. So getting really clear about where you are, I think is a really good first step. And then looking at that cash flow, what's coming in, what's going out, where can I make adjustments? And you got to be really you know, that now's the time to really get diligent about those adjustments, figuring out what you really need and what is really important to you. And, and com, you know, comparing that to your long-term objectives, your long-term goals and values. So getting clear about where you are, what's coming in and what's going out. And then you can start to think about what is this, the next thing I need to do. So I, I think about chunking this out into three different areas. What do I need to do right now? What can be next? And then what can wait until later? So right now, it's about recognizing how you feel, what you think, what you're doing, who you're being, what cash is coming in, what cash is going out, and where can I make some adjustments? And then maybe what's coming up next is about building that Liberty Fund, making sure you have good protection so that as you're growing wealth in your future, you have that wealth protected. And just getting started and paying yourself first going forward you know, will be a really first few steps for people. I'm the first to admit that I do not always like to look at my numbers. I have told you many times on this show my struggles with looking at my own ATM receipts, and I'll be the first to tell you that you don't have to look, except I know that's not true. As an expert, I know the power in watching what's coming in and what's going out, like serious life-changing results of this very simple yet often fearful step. So I hope you take some of Andy's advice to heart and really start to think about post-coronavirus. We may be in this a long time. Maybe it's a year. I don't know. But as as things start to open up, as, as states start to open up, as countries start to open up, I think this is such a great moment to think about what you want your life to look like and start making some of those money changes right now. You can check out more about Andi online at her site, myworthfinance.com, or be sure to pick up a copy of her book, Financially Free, everywhere books are sold. As always, we are changing the language around money on this show so that we can unlock the life you want to live and make it possible. Now that you're part of this community, it's up to all of us to share this with other people. So share this episode with a friend or a family member, somebody that you know needs to hear Andy's advice. Invite them in so that we can all talk about money in a new, fun, and fresh way. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com, where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode.
Algorithms can do so much more than control social media feeds. In fact, they have the power to save lives and improve our health. At the Weizmann Institute, Professor Yonina Eldar has pioneered innovative algorithms that optimize MRI scans and make ultrasound devices more portable, affordable, and accessible. Professor Eldar's lab develops AI tools that can pave the way to new technologies that can see, hear, and communicate beyond existing limits. Learn more at celebratinggreatminds.org.